Live from the heart of Los Angeles, this is the at-home edition of the Life Changes Show. Look at the bright lights. Look at the bright With a nice guest, founder of Environmental Education Media Project and Ecosystems Reforestation Camps, John D. Liu. Look at the and performance guest, Nadine Casanova. I am Mark Leisure, and now our host, the MC, the master of change, Filippo Voltaggio. I learn every time I do a show, and I, I'm happy to hear that people say, I got this out of it, I got that out of it. Well, let me tell you what I've already gotten out of this show, and we haven't even started in more ways than one. During a conversation with our guest, John D. Liu, uh, last week, I I hung up the phone and I was tapping into so much of what he said, and I had uh, uh, what came to me was a story that I had completely forgotten. And though it's a constant reminder every time I go home to Monterey, California. And the story is when I was a child, I heard of the devastation and experienced some of, of it in community that my parents belonged to and our family belonged to. When the sardines disappeared from the oceans outside Monterey. Now, there's a lot of speculation as to why that happened, whether it was too much fishing or during World War II, they did dumping out of the San Francisco or whether, you know, there are a lot of speculation, but the fact is that it dried up. And I understand that there are people working to help bring that back into the oceans, help restore the oceans. So it was a part of my DNA growing up. But as a child, I had not really incorporated that into not only everything I do, but everything that maybe the whole world is going through. So tonight with our guest, we're going to tap into more of that and how we can tap into more of that in our everyday lives. And that's what was exciting to me when I made that connection and when John made that connection for me. So uh, with uh, John DeLiu, we're going to be having that conversation a little later on. We're going to have a conversation and some music with our performance guest, Nadine Casanova, a.k.a. Calibri, all on the Life Changes Show at Home Edition, right after this. Have you felt inspired to meditate, but you just can't? Do you suffer from anxiety, but fidget toys just make you more fidgety? Want to replace negative self-talk in your head that keeps bringing you down? Introducing the latest self-help solution, Phi Beads. Transformational beaded jewelry inspired by ancient wisdom, science, math, and psychology. All five beads are designed to incorporate the powerful Fibonacci sequence, nature's mathematical formula that has shaped our existence from the beginning of time. The Fibonacci sequence, also known as the golden mean or the golden ratio, is recognized by our conscious and unconscious mind and resonates as order out of chaos like we see in plants, flowers, seashells, ocean waves, the pyramids, and in our own body. Not only beautiful, they feel good to wear. Phi Beads can help anchor tranquility, positivity, focus, and structure in your life by doing the Phi Meditation. Phi Meditation helps you harness the power of I Am for intention, affirmation, and manifestation. Affirm the life you want. 
Get your set of Phi Beads at PhiBeads.com. That's Phi, P-H-I, Beads.com. You are listening to The Life Changes Show, live from Vortex Dome, L.A., on the BBS Radio Network, with your host, the master of change, Filippo Voltaggio. You can hear tonight's show and all our past shows on our archive page at lifechangesshow.com, which include luminaries such as comedian Michael Collier, actress Gabriella Wright, performing artist James Hood, and author Ken Honda. Email your comments and questions to info at lifechangesnetwork.com or askdorothy at lifechangesshow.com. You can also comment via Twitter at Life Changes Show and Facebook at The Life Changes Show. This is our episode 686, titled How to Enable Planet-Wide Ecosystem Restoration. I am your host, Filippo Voltaggio, online with our producer and co-host, Mark Lejour. 686, it gets even more exciting every week to even say that. <laughs> uh, boy, I am super excited for tonight's show. Two all-stars two heart-centered leaders and and the overlap with what they're both doing for our earth and our waters uh, all over the globe. Both have global footprints, uh, so many different talents. Uh, this is going to be a, a great series of conversations and music. Indeed, indeed. Well, our guest is a veteran television producer and cameraman, founder of Environmental Education Media Project, EEMP, and Ecosystems Restoration camps welcome john d liu to the life changes show thank you very much it's great to be here it's it's great to have you and and let me tell you 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 inspired obviously in more ways than one but making that connection to my childhood and the sardines that i had heard about ever since i was a, a kid uh really really excited me i'll tell you where where it happened for me you said something, and and it it seemed like kind of a throwaway, not a throwaway. I shouldn't say it that way, but you know, you 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 just passed through it uh, like it was a no brainer for you, but it it rang a bell. Um, you said every one of us can make a difference right now, and we need every one of us to make that difference right now. Well, yeah, I, I would <clears throat> say that actually what we're seeing is that while we are individuals, while we have free will, we're also part of a meta-organism. We're part of a species. And as a species, we've been evolving. And as individuals, we have a limited lifespan. But as a species, if we get this right, we we live forever. <laughs> and um, mm. we have been on the only planet that we know of that has an oxygenated atmosphere a freshwater system that we used to be able to drink out of and um, amazing fertile soils and wonderful biodiversity. And it's been human impact over historical time that has massively altered the earth. And so the level of complexity and the degree of difficulty to restore it is high, but the fascination is really infinite and it's deeply profound. So following this path is something which is uh, very important, very useful, and extremely valuable. Although it hasn't yet 
exactly been understood by human economy. So now we're valuing things which are really much less valuable than the oxygenated atmosphere or the freshwater system Mm. or the fertile soils or the amazing biodiversity. So we need to get that right. Mm. Mm. Yes, yes, indeed. Well, a little bit uh, on your background. First of all, I'd like to refer people to Hope in a Changing Climate. We have an excerpt on uh, the Life Changes show page for John DeLiu. Uh, but I watched that. I, I, I watched another, uh, the, the British one. I forgot. What was the name of that one, the British one? Well, the Hope in a Changing Climate was on the BBC, and uh, one is called Green Gold, yes. Regreening the Planet. That was done by the Dutch public TV, VPRO. Oh, oh, okay. So fascinating. So much to learn from that. And uh, it seems like a lot of work, yet I got excited because the conversation is being had. Like with with the was it the Queen of Jordan? No, it was the princess, Princess, princess. Basma. Yeah, she's working uh, in the botanical gardens. Botanical gardens are one of the areas that is exciting in terms of protecting biodiversity. And and the fact that. Well, let's let, let's start with this. So, so wh- where did it happen for you? You were you were working in in media, uh, and then something happened that turned this around. So, share with us real quickly that moment. Okay. Well, um, I helped to open the CBS News Bureau in Beijing at the time of normalization of relations between China and the United States, and I worked for CBS for about a decade, and that included going to Moscow and other places. So these big geopolitical events and transformational change in politics and economics took place at that time. And I was sort of in the front line of, of observing and communicating and analyzing about that. But then in the mid nineties, I was working more with the Europeans, uh, Italian and uh, British and uh, German television. And then the world bank asked me to, film a baseline study of the restoration of the cradle of Chinese civilization in the upper and middle reaches of the Yellow River. And when I went there, I was shocked because I knew the history that this was the birthplace of the largest ethnic group on the planet, but it was like a desert. And then when I started to study all the criteria for deserts and dysfunctional landscapes, I became completely hooked and wanted to study not only dysfunction, but really functional ecosystems. Mm. So I basically shifted away from, uh, from journalism to ecology and I began to study ecology and I had a lot of luck because I had experts from the Chinese Academy of Sciences and the world bank and the British government and the Dutch government, and this Norwegian government, all these people who are interested in this. And it, it was not well, you know, it was not, not well populated at that time. So I began to really uh, follow it. And um, then I realized after we followed that project in China, that actually you could restore these large-scale degraded ecosystems. And the implication of that is if you understand the principles and you know what you're doing, you could restore all degraded lands on the earth and that this would transform human civilization. 
and human economy away from sort of things which are trivial toward things which determine the quality of life for our children and future generations of all life on earth. So we were talking about, and it's actually in the films as well, the land of milk and honey. Like why would a desert be called the land of milk and honey? Right. Well, there is another project that I'm involved in now. Uh, We have two ecosystem restoration camps in Egypt. One is with the Sekhem community, S-E-K-E-M. This is a really wonderful community in Egypt. And the other one is in Nueva. It's called the Habiba Camp in Nueva in the South Sinai. And basically what you have there is not the cradle of Chinese civilization, but it is the land of milk and honey. It's right there with Mount Sinai where Moses came down with the Ten Commandments and found the Israelites worshiping the holy, the the golden calf. And so, you know, this is um, really a desert that had another life and it was totally destroyed. And so for the last six years, we've, I've been doing a number of things, but one of them is creating the ecosystem restoration camps, which has gone from zero six years ago to like over 50 now around the world in many countries. And then the other one is working with a group called the Weathermakers on a design to restore the cradle of Western civilization to bring moisture back into North Africa, the Middle East and the Mediterranean. Mm. So that's, that's the kind of level of thinking that is so exciting to me right now. So, so what was once uh, the, the, the land of milk and honey has, has been known as a desert. Now uh, it, it almost seems like, like we call it man-made or human-made lakes or human-made whatever, this is human-made desert, right? Right. Well, it's desertified. So we have a whole, we, we have several conventions that began in the United Nations arena about in 1992 at the Earth Summit. They came out of that. And one was the Framework Convention on Climate Change. Another was the uh, Convention on Biological Diversity. And another one, is the, the Convention on Desertification. And unfortunately, the, the, the Convention on Desertification has not been the one to get a lot of attention. Mm. And this is probably the one which is driving the others because there's really no change, no difference between all of these things. Like if you have climate change, it's probably caused by something. And what we're seeing is that if you devegetate you alter the surface temperatures, which change the physics and alter the hydrological cycle. And you also destroy the habitat where microbial and fungal communities live. And these are the basic workers to, who are creating the fertility and making minerals bioavailable to biological life. So you, you can't do that without quite serious consequences. And I think very few people are you know, totally literate in, in this area. It's a strange phenomenon, but uh, ecology wasn't even a thing when I was in college, really. Mm. I mean, they, so it's, it's, uh, mm. it's quite a, a, it's a, it's a place where we can do things which are bigger than ourselves. And we can serve not only the people who are alive today and all other living species, 
but we can ensure the future for our children and, and future generations of life. What seems really crazy when you're actually talking about an area that's been desertified, is that deserted? That's correct, yeah. Okay, uh, that it can come back seemingly relatively quickly. It, it, <laughs> well, it, yeah, I wouldn't say it's easy, but basically there are some principles. And if you understand these principles, then human beings can align with what nature intends, or we can try to obstruct what nature intends. So Mm. if we obstruct what nature intends, we throw all these systems into chaos. And that's where you see feedback loops where you have many species which begin to go extinct, or you have uh, changes in climate, temperature, weather, uh, so all of those things are dependent on each other. So they're not really separate things. If you see a hurricane or a tornado, then you can tell that there's been massive temperature differentials. And what, what are the cause of those? Are those natural or can we point to the causes? And if the causes are like we have cut down huge forests and made uh, commercial agricultural systems where everything is plowed and the soils are exposed, well, that's completely backwards from the evolutionary development, which led to a fully functional oxygenated atmosphere on a planetary scale, rivers that we could drink from, fertile soils, which made tremendous and beautiful biodiversity. So we shouldn't be surprised when we see the impacts. We should look and see what did we do. And when we look at what we did, we have to analyze, well, what could we do better? What could we do differently? And when you realize that, you say, well, the, the best way to do that is to align with the evolutionary succession. Mm. That, that is what did it. It's the only technology that we know that can create an oxygenated atmosphere on a planetary scale or a freshwater system that we can drink out of or f- fertile soils or amazing biodiversity. Well, so some yeah. of it does seem counterintuitive in the sense that uh, if you want more vegetables don't <laughs> plant vegetables plant trees or shrubs for a few years uh and then you'll be able to grow more vegetables than you would if you planted them now right well that's that's sort of yes it basically what you're talking about is if if you want to have more vegetables you need to have sufficient water you need to have a, a temperature range which allows for for vegetables to grow. And so you probably need some nurturing things that, that maintain the moisture close to the earth instead of allowing the moisture to go up into the higher atmosphere. And you need um, some mitigation to lower the temperatures. So when you understand that the temperatures on the surface of the earth can be altered by enormous levels. So if you just, you, you know this, if you walk out of a forest onto a black highway anywhere, <clears throat> you'll find that the temperatures would be f- maybe 15 degrees higher mm-hmm. on, the, on the tarmac than mm-hmm. when you were down there walking in the path. Mm-hmm. And so we have to understand that if you extrapolate from just that fact to, on a, to a planetary scale, 
if you look at, we have 8 billion people now, we have mega cities, we're, you know, destroying vast areas of the planet, then what's the consequence of that? And so we shouldn't be surprised when we see huge climate changes or desertification or extreme and erratic weather events. But what we should be doing is mitigating those by doing exactly what we need to do to bring back ecological function to the systems. What was interesting in, in speaking with you and, and watching the films and the, the research that I did in, in your work uh, is that when you plant certain things, then things that actually belong to that area, if you're working with the, with the, with the area, plant things that belong to that area, then other things that you didn't plant come alive, including animals. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think this is one of the criticisms of the Chinese work was that they were using alien species uh, and planting them out in monocultures. And it's it's quite interesting because in almost all of the, the serious restoration attempts, this is the case because something that was indigenous has been lost to the area. And so it's not, it's not performing the functionality that was there before. Mm. And we, we know now that there are certain plants which are pioneer species. They're fast growing and they, they, they can do something, but as soon as the sort of legacy genome comes back, they kind of disappear. You barely see them anymore because you know, depending on what you do, you could even thin them and replace them, but you, you need to have a canopy. You need to reduce the temperatures and you need to encourage infiltration and retention of moisture in order to restore massively degraded landscapes. So if we're doing that and we do it well, then you, after say 10 or 15 or 20 or 25 years, you don't see these monocultures anymore. You see a massively biodiverse system, which is back in, 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 in a functional state. So there, there's, I think the earlier films that you were talking about, hope in a changing climate and, and, uh, and regreening the desert there, we've also done films for Netflix, uh, kiss the ground. And there's another one, Oh, on, right, right. on on PBS, which is called uh, the Age of Nature, it's a three part series. So when you when you see those things, then you realize, okay, actually, so you saw what it did in the earlier films at fifteen years, but after twenty five years, it's even better. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so what you see is that when you're in a degradation trajectory it's getting constantly worse. And that's basically where we are because the majority of people are not conscious of what's going on Mm. fully. And then what you see is in a restoration situation where, where the line goes up, it's constantly accumulative and it's, it's, it's better. So that constantly accumulative line is where we have made a paradigm shift and we understand the difference between just destroying everything that makes the earth wonderful and returning to uh, harmony between human civilization and the other life forms 
in the atmosphere, in the oceans, in the freshwater system, in the soils, in the forests, in the grasslands, in the wetlands, on the coastal regions, estuaries, the river systems. We, we need to do all this. It's a huge work. But actually, this is the real work. This is the great work of our time. This is what we need to do on a planetary scale as a human civilization. This has to be the central intention of human civilization going forward. If it is, we're fine. We're, we, can, we can do this. That means full employment. It means food security. It means peace. So it's all of the things that we need. And, it, and it, we have to turn our backs on materialism and greed and thinking that we can have, it's okay to have power over other people. We need to treat everybody equally and everybody should have the opportunity to participate in human civilization equally. And this is, this is the thing that we, we've noticed lately is like, we have to engage with the refugees. We have to engage with the homeless and the hungry and the people who are marginalized because why are they marginalized? Because we're putting the, the emphasis on to materialism and they're failing at that. But if we put the, the, the central intention of human civilization onto ecological function, they can be leaders in restoring mm. soils and restoring mm. forests. And I mean, that's what we all need. Then mm. your, your giant social problem is, is mitigated. And at the same time, you're doing exactly what you need to survive as a species and as a civilization. I like what you said during our talk, uh, John. It's not about at this point, or maybe even ever, but at this point for sure, it's not about blame and retribution. It's about truth and reconciliation. Yeah, well, I mean, that's always been the case. You know, we, we've, we've had thousands of years. I mean, we know very well what war is. So read all great literature, read all sacred texts that you can find from any culture, and we've experienced war, and we've experienced materialism, and we've experienced domination by different groups or by different genders. I mean, all of these things are quite well known, but we haven't you know, we have to recognize that that's not our best selves. And there's this other arc of history where you have giants in different fields, you know, Gandhi or Nelson Mandela or um, Martin Luther King, this, this sort of thing. It's, and what they've, what they've done is they have said, well, you know, I stole it and it's mine it's not a real justification. You, you can't go and commit genocide. You can't go and enslave people around the world and then say, oh yeah, we won. Sorry about that, whatever happened to you, but we won. Well, that's not really true. Nobody won. Human civilization was set back by maybe mm. centuries or millennia mm. by all of these developments. And the, the, the cultural and spiritual and intellectual achievements of many of the cultures that were subdued by expansion, well, to you know, just a Judeo-Christian Islamic world has been at war for a very long time, and it continues to be at war, and many other people are at peace. And uh, so we need 
everybody to be at peace. We need to find peace in ourselves and we need to find peace with our neighbors and our communities and our countries well and everyone. Well but, but in this, in this situation, we have created the uh, kind of definitions, which are not really true. We've been suggesting that material gain and gathering more and more material possessions to individuals or certain groups is is fine it's okay but at the same time we're we're excluding billions of people who are you know practically naked at the edge of large degraded ecosystems mm. well mm. what are we saying are we saying that that human beings have to pay for their human rights this doesn't make any sense if you're born on the earth you're a representation of all life since the beginning of time. It can't be any other way. So essentially we're all equal and there uh, will. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, it, it's interesting. I'm drawing at the equality here. You're, you're bringing it all in together. Like the, the, the plants have their voice and the trees have their voice and the people of all races and countries all have their voice. Uh, what an interesting place to come to in this conversation. And, and we have to take a quick break. And and actually, when we come back, I'd like to touch on one last thing. We only have a couple of minutes together when we come back, but I'd like to touch on how you said we can all get involved. And even so much as everybody who goes camping can uh, help speed up the process. And I loved that. And so I'd like to hear how we can, because we actually never ended up talking about that particular okay. piece. So Let's when go. we come back, we'll talk uh, more, a little more with uh, John D. Liu. In the meantime, I do want to mention ecosystem restoration camps.org, ecosystem. Uh, ecosystemrestorationcamps.org. When we come back, we'll have our Ask Dorothy segment as well. And then a little later on, our performance segment with Nadine Casanova, a.k.a. Calibri, all on the Life Changes show at Home Edition right after this. The Little Dog That Could is the fantastically true story of a man and a little dog that came into his life as his mentor to help him understand the world beyond his human senses and to experience life, love, and healing beyond his human understanding. Best-selling author Filippo Voltaggio, who currently hosts the highly regarded Life Changes show, is an internationally known singer, speaker, and life coach. Filippo offers up his own story, how one little surprise package in fur and four legs transformed his life unexpectedly forever and furthered his path of self-discovery. In The Little Dog That Could, Filippo brings to life the meaning of the adage, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Through the reading of this book, you will experience the journey of real miracles that transcend time, space, and logic while gaining practical tools that will help you navigate your way. The Little Dog That Could is available through Amazon and Barnes & Noble. For more information, visit thelittledogthatcould.com. That's thelittledogthatcould.com. You are listening to the Life Changes Show, live from Vortex Dome LA, with your host, Filippo Voltaggio. You can visit us online at lifechangesshow.com, via Twitter Life Changes Show and Facebook at the Life Changes Show. I am Filippo Voltaggio, and our guest is John D. Liu. John, I almost uh, I, I, I 
big smile came on my face when I was going to say uh, that John is the founder of Ecosystem Restoration Camps. And I was thinking of listing some more things, but your CV goes so many pages, I wouldn't know where to start to pick. So I I am so glad that you have done all that you have done because the understanding that you bring to this work and you help net it out because you've been there, you've done that, you've seen it. Uh, so, so, so thank you for, for coming here and, and we're, we're going to have to net it out actually for this time around. And I look forward to the next time we get to connect further in the meantime, though, we need everybody as much involved as possible awareness and actually doing stuff. How can a camper, uh, cause, cause you said California is in a, is, is, is stage four desertification well i i wouldn't i it's in early stage early stages so it's not it's not in the it's not like the sinai peninsula it's but what you have in in california you have the highest expression of evolutionary succession that i've ever seen anywhere in the world so you have the forests the coastal forests are maybe four the, the oldest ones that we can find are like 400 feet tall and 4,000 years old. Well, this is extraordinary. And when you realize that the canopy is the place where the solar radiation is interrupted. So if it's 400 feet, that's, that's a little different than if it's a hundred feet or if it's Mm. two feet or no feet, you know? So um, when you understand that, that changes the relative humidity close to the earth. So the evolution has connected to hold the moisture close to the earth. And this keeps our river systems and our oceans in balance. And so if you disrupt this, then it's going to be chaos. And it, it, it is, we're experiencing that. So ecosystem restoration camps, actually, I was having dreams. And uh, I kind of thought like people are not, are not going to do it, but I kept having the dreams and I wrote about it in permaculture magazine, it was a earth restoration peace camps uh, was the essay. And then thousands and tens of thousands of people said, well, we want that. So mm-hmm. that caused the creation of the ecosystem restoration camps movement. And now there are camps all over the world and s- including several in the United States and several in California. So everybody can go there and, and there you can find people who are working on soils and on horticulture and on water systems. And so you can learn and that allows everybody to be equal and to learn. And it also gives you a lot of satisfaction. So there's that. And mm-hmm. then we've started working with ecoflix.com, which is a streaming service. And we're able to share films and, and lessons with teachers and schools through nice. free educational subscriptions uh, to teachers and schools. And so this is a huge um, possibility because we can deliver that to Zambia or Guatemala or Somalia or Yemen. And this means that everybody can have access to the knowledge and everybody can create ecosystem restoration camps. And so we can all work together to to do this. And we, we need to kind of sit down and think about it and realize well, what else are we going to do if we just buy and sell plastic goo that are shipped around the world in container ships? Is that going to help? I don't think so. 
if we make war on each other, is that going to help? No, I don't think so. We can't, we can't fight climate change with weapons. We're going to have to, to defeat climate change by reversing the ecological principles that we didn't understand by understanding the ecological principles that we didn't understand before and reversing our behavior. Mm. Wow. So we can definitely do something going to uh, ecosystemrestorationcamps.org is a great place to start. And Tell me about what we could do differently camping before we go. Well, you know, we we can spend a, a few hours a day in serving the planet and taking care and learning. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the time we can have a really good time. You know, we where do we have fun? Well, we have fun when we go hiking or when we go camping and we have fun when we go gardening. So let's just do both of those. And let's imagine that we take it to a place where we really start serious study and we understand how the river systems function, what's the importance of the estuaries where the salt water and the fresh water interact, what's important about uh, the microbial and fungal communities in the soil, and how can we protect the biodiversity and, and, and restore the biodiversity around the world. So if everybody gets involved in that, then you start to think, well, what's the value of that? Are we just going to have fun? And you think, well, the value of that is infinitely more than any of the junk <laughs> that we're buying and selling mm. uh, in, in big box stores and that end up in the landfill in just a few years or decades. And then we're going to have destroyed the earth. So we have to transform our economy as well as restore the ecology. And when we understand that the, the economy and ecology come from the same root word, then maybe we are starting to yeah. be, become conscious. Interesting. Interesting. Well, thank you for, for helping us become conscious. John, D. Lee, you, uh, I, I, it'll be a pleasure to to finally get to meet you in person, and I look forward to supporting uh, more and getting to do more with you. Thank you so much for being here with us on the Life Changes Show, and I want to remind everybody: ecosystemrestorationcamps.org. Thank you so much, John. Well, thank you. It's been my pleasure. Uh, but a pleasure indeed. I want to give a quick shout out to our friends, Jen Kelly and Mary Ann Jacobson from For Land and People, through whom we got to meet John Liu. Mm -hmm. Yes, thank you indeed. Amazing team. Yes. And with that, we have our Ask Dorothy segment. Dear Dorothy, this is Mary in Woodland Hills, and I need your help. I've been sending my sister what I believe to be very important information as to what is really going on in today's world. And she was very nasty to me when she asked that I not send her the articles that I feel are very important. I want her to know what is really going on. And she told me that I am stupid to believe the information that I send her. She called my information garbage. And it is, in my opinion, pertinent information and is needed to be shared with those I love. How do I get her to read what I send her? My dear Mary, it really doesn't matter what you believe to be pertinent information since your sister calls it garbage and calls you stupid. 
I learned the hard way a long time ago that if my loved ones weren't asking about certain things that I feel are important, it is definitely not my job to share the information with them. If you wish to have a continued relationship with your sister, then please honor her request and stop sending her articles that she doesn't want to see. I am on your email list and I enjoy getting all of the articles you send, whether I agree with all of the information or not. You send some really wonderful and joyful things in addition to many thought-provoking articles. If I'm not interested in some of the subjects, I just move on to the ones I like. However, I am not your sister, and she has clearly shared with you what she doesn't want to read. Instead of looking for a way to force her to read and discuss with you these particular articles, I trust you will honor her request and share your interest with those who are willing to read them and discuss them with you. Thank you, Dorothy. And if you have a question for Dorothy, please write her at AskDorothy at LifeChangesShow.com. And we'll be right back with our performance guest, Nadine Casanova, otherwise known as Calibri, here on the Life Changes Show at Home Edition, right after this. There are self-help seminars costing thousands of dollars guaranteeing miraculous transformations. There are compelling speakers and life-changing weekend experiences where you can walk on fire. They all deliver revelations that guarantee you'll come back for the more expensive revelations filled with even greater wonder next month on Fiji. We get addicted to positive, heartfelt, expensive theater. What we really need is a jumpstart, an awakening, someone who can give us a reminder that everything we need lies within. Through inspiration and practical knowledge, Dorothy Donahue helps people get grounded and motivated, inspired and energized. It's not just words and affirmations and the power of intention. It's a mindset brought about by a tangible, transcendental experience, an audiovisual, physical, spiritual experience that helps us realize we transform ourselves. We get tools to become the conscious co-creators of lives of unlimited potential. Find out more. Go to DorothyDonahue.com. Life Changes Show is a premier radio show presented by the Life Changes Network, which is a company whose team has dedicated their lives not only to positive change, but to helping others observe and embrace, honor, and even celebrate their own changes, thus enabling a more positive, inspired life and helping to create a more positive and inspired world. From everyday people, celebrities, corporate giants, and children, we are here to help and to serve with heart, integrity, and experience we bring our message and positive intent into your lives through the Life Changes Show, LifeChangesNetwork.com, and through guest appearances on other inspiring shows and events. If you wish to learn more about Life Changes Life Coaching, a private consultation with one of us, corporate or live event appearances, or if you would like us to appear on your radio or TV shows, please email us at info at LifeChangesNetwork.com. We are back i am Filippo, host of the life changes show happy we've been having this conversation and happy that we're continuing it actually in a way with our performance guest who is a multimedia entrepreneur a visionary a musician nadine casanova otherwise known as calibri welcome to the show nadine wow thank you so much i'm so happy to be here 
It, it, it's it's so perfect that you're part of the show. And actually, uh, after the show, we're going to go a little bit longer uh, because you have so much to share. It's going to be in the archive for everybody that's listening live. You have so much to share on this subject, also from the aspect of community and the, the work that you're doing, like uh, John was saying, in, in helping build all of these structures together, right? Yeah, there is a lot of of weaving that wants to happen. A lot of people that have dedicated their lives in service to uplifting humanity. And a big part of my mission is to connect those people. So very relevant and very important for the times that we're in. Yes. So we'll have a little bit of that conversation. I think it'll be a teaser with you two uh, that that we'll be able to connect at another time and, and go even deeper. But we'll we'll have a, a piece of that when, uh, after the show and we'll have it in the archive for everybody to listen afterwards. In the meantime, let's get to your music. So as an artist, you are known as Calibri. Yes. And- and it's so funny uh, when I saw you pull out the guitar that you were going to uh, uh, originally perform live on the show. And I thought, I thought you played the flute. And you said, oh, my darling, I play many instruments. <laughs> like what many instruments? And how did this all start with you? Well, I've been playing music since I was a baby. I mean, I was I was born on a on a conscious hippie commune and they were singing hallelujah when I when uh- I was born. Wow. So I was introduced music from a young age, you could say, since my first breath. And uh, I just continued that that journey. Music is my medicine. I feel like it's the universal language. It's an amazing way to express emotion. And I love tapping into it. It's been a very incredible healing tool for me. And uh, I discovered sound healing about seven years ago. So just diving deep into frequencies and being able to share that with people, it's been such a beautiful journey to witness the true power of sound. Mm. Mm. Well, speaking of the power of sound, uh, in, in this first song, you're, you're talking about the power of listening and paying attention to signs. So that ties in. Talk to us about that. Yeah. So, well, this song had a really um, incredible way that it came through. It was actually... Like a lot of times when I make songs, I was feeling a lot of pain because of the fires that were happening in California. And the reason why I chose to play it today is because uh, there's we're facing a drought and the song is called Pray for Rain. And this mm-hmm. song, you know, besides, I mean, I'll get into why it was a sign, um, but th- this song is about the power of prayer and collective intention. And it was, it's really an invitation that I was singing out, calling people into their power to, to recognize that we are water and studies show that we have an impact on water. So if we can actually put our atten- attention on our, out- our the desired outcome, then we can actually make an impact. And so this song is, is I'm collect, I'm, I'm inviting people that are tuning in to be in prayer with me, with us, um, for rain, for waters, not just the waters in the world, but the waters within praying for healing. Mm. Thank you, Nadine. Well, here is, uh, uh, do we say Calibri when we introduce the song? Sure. Okay. Well, here is Calibri's pre-recorded song, Pray for Rain, here on the Life Changes Show.
pray for rain. I feel like we've got a little bit of the taste of the spirit of Calibri right there. Uh, so actually, if you want to follow, which I know you do, go to Instagram and look up Spirit of Calibri. As a matter of fact, Instagram.com forward slash Spirit of Calibri. Calibri is K-A-L-I-B-R-I. Thank you for that, Nadine. Yeah, my pleasure. And I just wanted to speak to listening to the signs because this that this song was it was very much so a download um, that came that streamed through me. And in the middle of recording it in the studio, I had this this pop up come up on my screen and I kept trying to X out of it because I'm all in the magical creation mode and I couldn't X out. And I paused for a moment and I was like, you know what? Maybe this is a sign. I'm just going to play whatever this is because it turned out to be a video and play it along with my song. And it was a video about the Amazon rainforest and the mothers of the Amazon project. And my song literally went to it. It was like the video had been edited to my song. And I don't even know where this video came from popping up on my song. But it was so divine. And it ended up actually guiding me to go to the Amazon, um, which has been the most life-changing experience of my life. So, you know, I'm grateful that I listened when that pop-up came up and, and pressed it. And then, and then it ultimately led to, you know, my life being changed. So I have an invitation for, to not only pray and ask to be shown, but to listen when spirit speaks to us in whatever way that may be. Mm. Well, thank you for sharing that story and speaking to us through your music. Actually, uh, we'll probably talk a little bit more about this next song after we air it. Uh, but uh, it was so new, what, like two hours ago that it didn't have a name. So I'm I'm excited. I'm inspired. Uh, what did you name it? Or how, yeah. Where did you end up? Yeah, it's actually still being written, but I think I'm going to call it Have Faith. But really, mm. it's from the angels. This song is not, I didn't sing this song. I was actually crying and mm. uh, praying. I was going through something really challenging about a week and a half ago. And that's when it first started coming through. And then I finished it today because it felt so deep to me and it was, it's been healing that I wanted to be able to finish it and, and share it. So, yeah. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Actually, we, uh, you, you know, to have, cause I know you're still going through and we'll talk a little bit about this after you're still going through some of this. And like you said, it's not done, it's not over uh, and you're still in process. And I think it's beautiful that, you you share this raw moment with us that that is life changing in itself. So here is uh, Calibri. Uh, I just forgot the name of it. What was it? Have, have faith. Okay. Yeah. Here is Calibri's song in the making. Have faith on the Life Changes Show. Be a 
Beautiful. Have faith. Thank you. Calibri. Spirit of Calibri on Instagram. Find her at Spirit of Calibri, K A L uh, I B R I. And also, you could find Nadine Casanova. Uh, we have our link tree address, uh, Nadine Casanova, C A S A N O V A. Nadine, uh, wow. Uh, that that song is so powerful. Did I hear life changes in there? Yeah, I, I just threw that one in there for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, uh, that's very interesting because uh, we're going to talk about it now for as uh, you know, for a moment, uh, as much as you want to get into it. But because um, I know what this this song is about specifically it's it's also can be applied to so many things in our lives um and and it applies to life changes because life changes was born out of a project that that uh had the the rug pulled out underneath it and as soon as the rug got pulled out i said life changes and that was it. The title it, that became the title of this show. So uh, I have much faith in what's next and bigger and better for you. So do uh, you, you want to share this because this ties in to what we've been talking about throughout the whole show, the, the way you build community and 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 bring this energy out into the world. So let's talk about it a little bit if we, we can through Awa Oasia. Yes, I would love to. Um, you know, I've had a vision for 13 years. I've been on a mission to uplift humanity through a community center model. Um, I believe that a lot of the issues that we're facing in humanity have are, are rooted 
in trauma and lack of organization in communities and lack of education and that we really need a blueprint model for community centers so that communities and people have a safe place to gather, to heal, to learn, to connect, to create together, to build movements. And um, I actually did that for the last three and a half years up until the beginning of this year in a space in the Heart of Arts District, Los Angeles. And it was incredible. I mean, we, we hosted more than 200 events. We got to really connect with a diverse, different type of people all around Los Angeles. And um, I, let go, I had to let go of the space in January mainly because um, I was delayed in getting government funding, but it also just seemed like the way to go based on how life was. And I actually recently in the last, well, it was last week, actually the beginning of last week, I found out that after trying really hard for the last year to get um, the increase in my EIDL loan, which would have been $400,000 going towards my small business to revive it, um, I found out that they exhausted funds. And so that song actually came from a really deep, painful place at the moment that I was in, where I was just like, wow, I literally did everything that I could to save my business and to be able to pivot it. And I have this whole plan on how to pivot the model to go mobile and to actually impact way more people's lives than we could even reach in one single space. And, um, you know, obviously spirit has something else in store for me because that money didn't come through. And that song really helped me to move through, um, to move through that pain and remember that I am safe and I have everything I need and that ultimately, you know, life changes and that's Mm. okay. And that's even good. And the challenges is what stretches us and breaks us to be able to break free And so I'm really, you know, open and receptive to what it means now that this is, you know, that this happened. And I know that no matter what, um, I have trust in it because when, you know, I I gave myself to service a long time ago and I just, I get shown over and over um, that everything happens for a reason and to just keep moving forward on the mission and all will be beautiful. (laughs) And so it is. I had the pleasure, as you know, of of coming to experience the space uh, with Mark and and some of the people. And it was a pleasure uh, seeing that some of the people that I knew and loved were involved as well. And there was such attention to detail and such heart in all the things. And as you were describing all this stuff, so from the music to the walls, to the floor, to the kitchen, to the, to the, to the spaces that were created for, for healing or whatnot. So you're, you're, Literally, your heart was all over the walls and the floor everywhere. And and what's that? I was just laughing because I totally wear my heart on my sleeve. I really, you know, I don't hide anything and I don't feel like I need to because I, you know, I'm proud of I'm proud of it all. Um, but it's it's sweet to hear your reflection. And I'm glad that you had such a good experience coming there. Absolutely. So, so I'm saying that because I'm just sensing like if there's a project, you know, they're, they're like, like we talked about before the show, that there are these beautiful projects that, that really 
need the funding and the, the attention and the focus. And, and so it just feels like it's a no brainer to fund this project kind of thing. So may, may those no brainers actually be no brainers and that something more beautiful come from, from this moment, because you've, 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 you know what to do with it when it comes. So let it, let it rain. <laughs> hey, listen, let it rain. I am ready full abundance for all the things. And I have such an incredible slate of projects from the pivoted model of what we did at AWA before um, to other projects even um, that are absolutely amazing and are in the impact space to uplift humanity. You know, I wake up every single day and I think, what is the greatest way that I can impact humanity today and throughout my lifetime? And so I'm constantly looking at what that is. And, you know, I feel like I really landed on something with, with what we've built at Awawesia and how it can actually expand from here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also all the media projects, you know, I just got back from the Amazon rainforest. I was given permission to film there with an amazing organization called We Care Impact. And we got to work with the Yawanawa tribe and capture some of their story. And it all feeds into a grander media project um, around regenerative living and a new earth, healthy lifestyle. And um, so, yeah, everything that, uh, that I'm doing is is definitely spirit guided. And, um, and I've had the pleasure of expanding quite a diverse, incredible network of, of global new earth architects. I like to call them. <laughs> mm, nice. So, yeah. I'm looking nice. at all ways to, to expand these projects and, and collaborate with others that are also on that mission to do good, to, to step up for our earth and for the children, for the waters, you know, now is a really critical time where we're actually really seeing the impact of climate change and the impact of war and, and injustice. And, you know, we, we've got to come together and uplift solutions and people that, that have these types of opportunities to really make a difference. Indeed. Indeed. I like how on your uh, bio, you, you end with she invites collaboration and projects to uplift humanity, and so it is. So, uh, Nadine, you um, you know earlier I said you play the guitar, and I, I know you do. But in that song, that was that the ukulele. That yes, that's a ukulele. Nice. That sounded nice. So, uh, you know, thank you for for staying a little bit extra with us and and sharing more of your projects and your spirit and energy. I wonder if you would share some of your music. I'm sorry. You cut out for just a second. What did you say? <laughs> oh, really? I said, I wonder <laughs> if you would share some of your flute music before we go. Wow. I would love to just give me a second. Uh, okay. Oh gosh, this is so exciting. All right. So um, uh, I want to give out one more time. Uh, Nadine Casanova's link tree. We have it on our, our website for Nadine, but uh, just go to link tree and put in Nadine Casanova, C-A-S-A-N-O-V-A. And then as she was talking about AWA or AWA Oasia, I'm going to give that website too, because it's, it's still up and it's still relevant. and it's 
going to be more relevant. So Awa Oasia, A-W-A oasia.com and then of course with her music Calibri go to Instagram and follow her there at Spirit of Calibri K-A-L-I-B-R-I all right and so what have we now Nadine before we go (laughs) well actually my flute is in the car my mom oh no my mom is running to go get it right (laughs) <laughs> how sweet and now people know it really wasn't planned <laughs> and you're no, so gracious <laughs> listen sound healing is my favorite if i could leave everybody with one thing today oh that's your keys oh where's my keys <laughs> oh, oh my god <laughs> gotta love live impromptu yeah you gotta love it oh yeah but she's like asking me for them. Where are they? I don't know. Well, it's one of those moments, but I, you know, I, I'm not going to have the flute in this moment because I would have to go find my keys, no but worries. I do want to no share, you know, I know I've shared a few things, but I want to really share something about the power of sound healing. Oh, she's got my, wow. My mom found him. Look, she's so crafty. <laughs> she just, she works miracles. I'll tell you what. Moms. You mom. Moms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So the, the power of sound, because you know, people are going through a lot these days. They're stressed out. We've, people are losing loved ones. I've lost loved ones. People yeah. are struggling financially. We have inflation. We have war. We're still recovering from a pandemic. Many people have lost their businesses, their livelihood. And if there's one tool in the world that I found that is the most effective, it's sound healing. And it is so accessible. And so, you know, a lot of healings are expensive and you don't know where to start. And whereas sound healing on the other end is something that's freely available on YouTube and online and people can actually just listen and it's best to listen in headphones that wrap around both ears. Um, so yeah, highly encourage that frequency does, has a lot of health benefits and in short, it connects the four quadrants of the brain. So when four quadrants of the brain are connected, it's actually what happens after hours of meditation, but most people can't even get there. But in sound ha- healing, it happens actually pretty much immediately. So people can have aha moments, deep sense of calm, relieving of stress, all kinds of things can happen. So I have good news for you guys. My mom was able to find my case. I heard the case <laughs> open in the background. <laughs> I'm like, that's it. That's it. What's your mom's name? Penny. Penny, thank you so much. This is such a sweet, wonderful moment. And and to to what you were saying uh, before you start uh, sharing your your music again, uh, what you were saying, Nadine. Also, by the same token, or actually the other the other side of the coin is uh, to be careful what we do listen to, especially when we have headsets on. Uh, be careful with the music or or um, what we're what we're listening to, whether it's spoken or, or music. Uh, be careful because it does affect us. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, music can be such an incredible tool for our healing. And, you know, one of the things I said in the beginning of our conversation was the fact that we are water and that we impact 
the studies show that we have an impact on water. And so our words and our thoughts and intentions actually change things. And if we're listening to, you know, dark, heavy stuff, it's going to impact us. But if we listen to things that are uplifting, that have lyrics that inspire us, we will feel it in our bodies. And I think most people can agree with that, which is, you know, why they choose the music that they do. Um, but we are, you know, we got to know our power and we got to know our tools so that we can move the energy when it comes up. Just like when I, you know, the song that we just played, Have Faith, I was hurting and I, and I took an action to actually heal that and remedy that. And that's mm. so important because a lot of people will just keep being in pain, keep being stressed out, keep, you know, in that lower energy. And there's so many tools that we can use, whether it's music, breath, yoga, there's so many. And so I just encourage everybody to, you know, utilize when they, when they feel when alarm, uh, an alarm is going off in the body or when we're feeling heavy to actually do something, you know, shake it up, go in nature, talk to a friend or ask for support. Um, we, in order to really overcome things, we have to face them and not just numb them with other things. Mm, thank you so much. Well, as you can see, uh, Nadine is focused on multimedia art for impact and an impact she's made already today but now she's going to i'm assuming it's going to be um improvised yes sir (laughs) as sound healing always is so just take a deep breath wherever you are take a deep breath in and release breath is one of the most powerful tools and so just envisioning with each breath in through this sound breathing in good energy and releasing anything that doesn't serve special way to end this special show thank you so much 
Nadine Casanova, otherwise known as Calibri. Find her on Instagram at Spirit of Calibri. Spirit of Calibri, K-A-L-I-B-R-I. Thank you so much, Nadine. Thank You're you amazing. so much. And thank our <laughs> ancestors and Angel and whatever brought us together. I'm grateful. Any opportunity to spread love and uplift people and beam good vibes, I'm all for it. And I'm so grateful that you guys are doing this show and inspiring people around the world. It's a true honor and, and keep it up. Thank you. Looking forward to for more together again. Thank you, Nadine. And with that, we also thank John D. Liu again. Uh, find uh, ecosystemrestorationcamps.org and get involved now. And with that, that is our show. On behalf of our executive producer, Dorothy Lee Donahue, and our producer and co-host, Mark Lejeur, I am your host, Filippo Voltaggio, reminding you. That as your life changes, like ours surely did tonight, we're here for you. Ciao, everyone. You have been listening to The Life Changes Show on the BBS Radio Network. Listen live every Monday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Time and visit us online at lifechangesnetwork.com, on Facebook at The Life Changes Show, and on Twitter at Life Changes Show. Join us again next week as we consciously explore and embrace the only constant, Life Changes. The Life Changes Network is an entertainment network. The views and opinions expressed are those of the guests and participants and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Life Changes. <laughs>